San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. Good evening, everybody. That was actually not true. Here's Richard. There is no Joe. Joe is a big Chicago Blackhawks fan who just lost game two of the Stanley Cup Finals, four to three, to the Lightning. Evening the series at a game of peace. So, Joe, wherever you are, if your friends could make sure there's no sharp instruments around, uh, because you got to do the show by yourself next week when I'm out of town. So, we got to make sure you're safe. So, why don't you call in to make sure everybody knows that you're okay? 1 800 760 KFMB, right? So anyway, that, that series is knotted up at a game of peace. I'm going to do the show solo. Well, not solo. I've got two great guests. But speaking of Chicago, that's where I just flew in from. Got in about three hours later than I was supposed to. But before that, I was in Cleveland. And for my birthday, I got to go. Well, I was there working. But for my birthday, I got to take a little bit of time off. And I got to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, which is an amazing, amazing place. Recent inductees include Bill Withers, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and Double Trouble, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts. Joan Jett's first car was on display on the museum floor. But man, what an incredible place. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. I highly recommend it if you get back there, down on the um, on the waterfront, on Lake Erie, just past the Warehouse District in downtown Cleveland, which is now very, very lovely, much like San Diego's downtown. Been rehabbed substantially over the last 10 years. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is an amazing place. The stuff they have on Elvis Presley is beyond belief. So highly recommend it. So I'm back. Joe's gone. Um, other news before we introduce our, our great guest. American Pharaoh won the Belmont Stakes. First horse in 37 years to win the Triple Crown. I guess um, Affirmed was the last one. 1978. So congratulations to American Pharaoh. And in other racing news, my wife Mary who's a little bit younger than me, made a decision to run her first marathon last Sunday, Rock and Roll San Diego. So congratulations to Mary. She finished it a little bit under five hours, her first ever marathon, Rock and Roll Marathon here in San Diego. She had a lot of fun, especially when she hit mile 20 and did that ridiculous uphill for a mile and a half from Fashion Valley all the way up to um, Hillcrest, up the 163 and up that on-ramp that's like climbing stairs but i met her at mile 21 and a half and ran about a half a mile with her just to make sure that um she could find the finish line (laughs) so she's been walking real funny for the last week she has a sore left knee and a sore left foot but i guess these things these things happen when you run 26.2 miles i noticed uh, another woman who's 92 significantly older than my wife actually finished and became the oldest uh, woman to ever finish a marathon at the age of 92 so that's really amazing stuff I hope I can still drive 26.2 miles when I'm 92, but I probably shouldn't be at that age. It wouldn't be safe at that point. So anyway, that, that's it for racing news. And uh, Mary did her first marathon. Now she's talking about doing Boston Marathon next April, which if she does, I guess I'll run it with her. I've done five, and I guess I could always do one more Boston. Boston was, um, I've done two Bostons. Um, average temperature of the two Boston marathons I did was 62 degrees. First one was 32 with snow on the side, and the other one was 92 where 3,000 people didn't finish and almost 
you know, I think 190-something people wound up in the hospital. So maybe I could get one at 62 degrees. Anyway, enough about racing news. And I know Joe was depressed, so maybe he can turn the show, show on and get cheered up because we've got an exciting show with one of our great sponsors. That would be our favorite CPAs on the planet, Plato Epic CPAs, now in San Marcos. They moved about maybe six months ago from their longtime office in Vista to a lovely new office over by City Hall in San Marcos. So I have with me... Paul Polito, CPA, and Don Epic, CPI, CPA. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Good evening. What do you guys want to talk about? I, I got some good questions for you. Shoot away. Well, uh, you got to tell me, did you listen to our two shows that we did on May 2 and May 9? On May 2, we had Ron Baker and Dan Morris. Ron Baker, of course, is the best-sellingest author in the history of the CPA profession for his book, Value pricing and all of the books that followed. And then, of course, he and Dan are the co-founders of Verisage Institute, the really cool think tank for CPAs. And then a week later, we had Jody Padar on, who wrote The Radical CPA. You guys should order it for everybody at your great firm. It's great reading. And then Richard Francis at Spotlight Reporting. What did you think about those shows? Um, I liked them all. Um, you know, Ron, uh, we've, gosh, it was been 1999, 2000 timeframes when we first got introduced to Ron. Yep. And, uh, we, uh, well, back when we were uh, partners, Richard, uh, that was one thing that we implemented, going to that, uh, uh, buying that book, implementing a lot of the uh, fixed price agreements, et cetera. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been good for us. Yeah, Ron is a funny guy because he's still talking about killing the timesheet. I thought it right. would be dead by now. <laughs> <laughs> I keep running into the guy in airports. It's amazing. So you, where'd you meet him last? Uh, I think it was Chicago. Okay. Yeah, he and Dan are in town um, First or second week of July at San Diego uh, CE Week um, doing the um, ethics mm -hmm. course. So I think I'll pop by, get my ethics requirement in, which we ha now have to do for every renewal. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're always fun to see. So um, you guys are sort of interesting, not sort of, you guys are really interesting as a CPA firm because you have this tagline called Beyond the Balance Sheet. What does Beyond the Balance Sheet mean? Well, we really try to... to um be a lot more than the typical historian-type CPA. And um, frequently, we're the, the most trusted advisor for a lot of our clients. Uh, most of our clients are uh, small to medium-sized business owners with multiple entities, lots of uh, tax problems, uh, lots of opportunities to acquire businesses, expand businesses, that sort of thing. And so we do an awful lot of consulting in addition to the traditional CPA services. And by traditional CPA services, you mean tax returns and financial statements, right? Yes, audits. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. Which I'm I'm finding um, a lot of consumers are sort of treating now like a price-based commodity. What What is your experience? Yeah, there is a lot of uh, you know price points that um, we can struggle with uh, because again, like you're saying, it's uh, more of a commodity. You know, there's someone else going to be doing it for a cheaper price down the road. And we're not trying to sell it on price. And a lot of times we determine we're not a good fit because of price. Yeah, I mean, the whole profession has moved. Well, let, let's put it this way. The, I, let's, let's state some history here. The I started profession in, side of the profession. <laughs> yeah, the profession side. I started in the profession in 1979. I just turned 21. And I was actually full-time at a CPA firm when actually my first year we did all tax returns by hand. We didn't even have computer services, let alone computers on our desks. Um, I know, Paul, you're a little bit older than me. We got together, I think, in late 1989, right, with Bob yes, Carter? Yes, Don, you're a little bit younger than me. Mm -hmm. I actually hired you in 1995. 
sold the firm to you guys in 2002, if memory serves. Mm -hmm. But back when I was um, going great guns in the profession and, and you guys joined us and we were all doing our thing together, we had a lot of, I would say, knowledge that was proprietary. That is to say, CPAs only really had it. And I'd say the same thing about wealth advisors and attorneys. They had knowledge that really only those particular disciplines had. Um, now, sitting here in 2015 with with you know the age of information and you can Google anything and whether it's right or wrong doesn't really matter because if it's on Google, people assume it must be right. The consumer has access to tons and tons of information, data, and even knowledge that I would argue used to be propri proprietary to professions, be that CPA, attorney, wealth advisor. Um, do, do you think that's had an impact on your practice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as far as the questions we get, uh, like you just said, I mean, we got people that are, oh, somebody... Uh, shared this story with me, or I read this on the internet, it must be true. And then we have to educate the client and or the prospect on uh, what the rules really are. Right. But, but I think this phenomenon has really, really caused there to be price, price pressure on what I call the basic services of tax return preparation and financial statements, because as, as part of that information age, you can now go buy really inexpensive software to do probably 80% of the work that CPAs used to have to do because people simply didn't have access to the technology mm -hmm. or the processes to be able to pull it off themselves. Mm -hmm. but without regard to whether or not people who are doing things themselves or trying that are doing the quality of work that CPAs do, if the consumer thinks that they can do it themselves, those kinds of services I think are going to be price-based, which means CPAs have to offer more. So working with small and medium-sized businesses, what, what are some of the things that you find your, your clients really, really, let's, uh, I guess tax returns and financial statements are what they need. What are some of the things that you find that they really, really want? More forward-looking services as far as uh, strategic planning, uh, budgeting, forecasting, uh, and those are the types of uh, you know, spreadsheet models that we built into our practice. I've been finding um, uh, lately, maybe because of my age, but um, a number of firms have uh, come to us to help them sell their companies. And um, there's a lot to that. Uh, last one was a, a very uh, successful sale. It took us about a year and eight months to get the company ready. And really, it was a very successful company, but the accounting uh, the accounting processes weren't in place. The financial reporting wasn't in place. And we knew that they'd probably be acquired by a public company. So we we needed to make their accounting systems and their reporting like a, a public company would need to, to, to fold them in. And it, it, the deal closed in October. And to my knowledge, they're, they're, um, there haven't been any chargebacks. Uh, you know, there's always reps and warranties and and uh, feel really good about that one. Uh, so we've been seeing a lot of that uh, type of consulting, especially now that the economy's recovered. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I've, I've noticed um, with regard to owners of, of businesses who actually survive the downturn, particularly if they happen to be in their mid-50s or approaching 60, their attitude is, I'm, not, I'm never going to go through that again. So now that we're on an upswing, maybe this is the time for me to get my house in really, really great order for the first time ever and try to monetize this thing that I've been working my lifetime for to create because I, I simply couldn't take that again, which happened in 2008, 2009. It wasn't a lot of fun for those folks. <laughs> no, it it wasn't. really wasn't. No, and again, I'm talking about successful companies that actually stayed the course and made it through that. Of course, many businesses it's simply still didn't. not fun because the, you know, uh, uh, some of these people were, were 
you know, we, we talked about picking the A team. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is you had to cut your people. And no one likes to lay, lay anybody off. And, and literally, we were helping clients pick the A-team and, and, and uh, reorganize to get through a, a, a period when no matter what you did, you couldn't increase sales. Yeah, I mean, tough time. So, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of owners say, you know what, now's the time. So you said it took about 20 months to get that company yes. ready for sale? Yes. That's actually, in my experience, that's sort of fast. I, I tell people you really need to maybe budget three years of time. Well, the, the sale, the actual uh, – the the offer uh, came unsolicited oh, okay. before we were even ready, sure. and the the deal closed in less than sixty days. Uh, but the the uh, the buyer uh, who, who said they bought over a hundred companies in the last four years uh, said that this one had less hair on it than anything they'd looked at. Sure, that's good stuff. I hear music. <laughs> People in Chicago are depressed, but we're having fun here in San Diego, and it's your money and it's your life. We're going to be right back. Stay tuned. We are back with It's Your Money and Your Life. Richard Musio filing, flying solo without Joe Vecchio, who... You know, if Joe had just come in and done the show and not looked at the score until after the show, he might not be as depressed as he is right now because he's a Chicago Blackhawks fan. But, hey, you know what? The series has tied a game apiece, and now I guess uh, that means the home ice advantage belongs to Chicago. It's like a best three out of five now with Chicago having the home ice. But back to our great guests, sponsors of this show as well, Paul Polito CPA and Don Epic CPA. Again, in the spirit of full disclosure, I became partners with Paul in the early 1990s after merging into his firm and Bob Carter's firm in, I guess, August of 1989, brought on Don Epic to head up our audit department in the mid-1990s, ended up selling out my interest in the firm about 12 or 13 years ago, but I have stayed in touch and have worked together and continue to work together ever since. Great, great CPA firm located up in lovely San Marcos. So, Paul, before we hit the break, you were talking about um, working with the company to get it, shall we say, sale-ready. Um, I know a lot of um, CPA firms, um, they really focus on their deliverables, which for the most part are income tax returns and financial statements. And um, in, in many cases, they have very successful clients who are looking to do more, achieve more. For example, the sale of this particular business. We won't talk about who it is or what it was to keep things confidential. Um, and that, that, that owner of that business was obviously looking for much, much more. I'm, I'm curious, did, did, did the firm that worked with him before you guys pick up that case um, really, really reach out to him in an effective manner to maybe do more, or were they just sort of stuck doing tax returns? They were stuck doing tax returns, and Richard, and it really wasn't their fault. It was, it's a very good firm. And uh, the client told me that, um, you know, several times they uh, they asked if they could uh, help him. Uh, he didn't have his inventory costed correctly. He mm -hmm. had a lot of problems. And and uh, he just wasn't interested in it, and they eventually just quit trying because mm – -hmm. The message they got was, do our taxes, don't do anything else, and don't charge us for anything else. <laughs> that was the message. Well, the the investment banker got me involved. Sure. And, um, and that's uh, – that, it was time to sell the company. He wanted to sell the company, and, and he needed a lot more. And, and uh, you know, he asked me, well, why didn't my other accountant tell me this? And I said, <laughs> well, you, you essentially told him not to tell you anything, but, right. you know, what your tax liability is. And that's – Sadly, that's common. Uh, we're, we're thought of as the, 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 the uh, 
you know, the, the garter and the green eye shades and the folks that do the, the compliance work. But yep. really, to, to be a CPA now, you have to have an enormous amount of knowledge, and that knowledge is cumulative. And the, the longer you're doing it, the more you learn, and it's, uh, that's what I love about it. And I'm sure you've, you've noticed the same thing. You just keep learning. Yeah, you keep learning, but for, for me, the knowledge piece that's been most fascinating is, is creating a network that surrounds me of all of these great um, other professionals who do all kinds of things that, that are complementary to what CPAs do. And so over time, you develop relationships with, shall we say, the best and the brightest. In other fields, obviously, our roster of sponsors for this radio show is, is emblematic of, of that point. Because one thing that you mentioned, Paul, early in the show, um, you, you said that consumers view their CPAs as trusted advisors or maybe the most trusted advisor. That is actually the branding that the AICPA, which stands for the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, which is the national organization or national you know, membership organization of CPAs. That is actually precisely how the AICPA is attempting to brand the CPA profession. They're saying, look, consumers are demanding that and the reason consumers are demanding it because a, a business owner doesn't want to go to 12 different people and ask the same question at least that's been my experience and get 12 different answers mm -hmm. they want to go to one source who can then maybe put it out to the network what, what do you find i i actually was in a meeting yesterday with a total of 10 advisors uh, you have client, my condolences I'm just <laughs> <laughs> client that's uh, going to open up an operation um, off uh, us soil very successful client and um, had uh, experts uh, in uh, law and finance in the country they're going to. They had all of the, you know, several of the large law firms uh, in San Diego in there with specialists. They had um, a, um, uh, their estate planning and asset protection attorney there. And they had me there. And we were all um, advising them on this uh, business entity that um, they're going to take overseas to take advantage of some uh, tax breaks. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was fascinating. It was fascinating how everybody had um, uh, an element to, to offer and to, and to help these guys. And it's rare, unfortunately, it's rare to see clients that see the value in this and are willing to pay for all of that and, and um, find out what they're doing ahead of time before they go do it, and then we have to fix it. Because that's what happens so often, and you know that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's rare in one sense. You're, you're, you're extremely successful consumer, the, typically a real estate operator or owner of a very successful business or somebody who's done that before and wants to do that again. They, they tend to get the value part. And, and because you, you, you mentioned in your previous example that – you know, doing this work costs a lot of money, but it, but nothing costs a lot of money when it creates tremendous value for the end user. Correct. And and so something only costs a lot of money in absence of value. So I think CPAs as most trusted advisor to the extent that they can sort of corral all of these these related resources. One of the challenges I have with in working with other professionals is, is in many cases they tend to be very centric to what it is that they do. And that's not a criticism. That's just, I think, a natural evolution of being very good or being an expert in a particular field, whether that's estate planning or as an investment banker or a particular subject matter, uh, you know, use of foreign corporations to, you know, run off, you know, whatever the case may be. They tend to be very centric and sometimes have a hard time thinking about a situation the way the what I call the end user or the client might think about it. 
And that's where I think the CPA can, can just be absolutely critical as the person who sort of um, runs the daycare center. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, I'd say a lot of times we're, uh, we uh, almost assume the role as quarterback. Correct. Quarterback. And the, uh, the client is looking to us to say, you know, is this, is this really the right play or not? Uh, right. Depending on if it's a, a wealth strategy, uh, some other type of business strategy, a life insurance strategy, whatever the case may be. Right, because the CPA is in position to basically access all of the financial information and also, I think, have a more holistic understanding mm-hmm. of... Um, what the client's really trying to accomplish that might even go beyond the mere, I don't want to say the mere financial piece, but there's many other attributes. I mean, you know, funny story. This is funny, but it's also not funny. I had, you know, Paul mentioned a client selling a business. I had a client many years ago sell a business for a ton of money. And like two years later, he had seller's remorse and it had nothing to do with finance. He said, he said, you know, Richard, if, um, if anybody told me how this was going to turn out, I wouldn't have sold my business. I said, hey, what's the problem? He goes, well, nobody told me how much time I was going to have to spend with my wife and kids after I got out of the business. (laughs) (laughs) But he wasn't joking. (laughs) Sad but true. Oh, I hear music. Oh, thank you, Eric. You saved me. It's your money and your life. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Paul Polito, CPA, and Don Epic, CPA. Don't go anywhere. Turn off the basketball. Listen to us. Or turn off the sound and listen to us. Thanks. Welcome back. It's your money and your life. Hey, we were talking about collaboration, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some specific names of collaboration. These are some of the best collaborators on the planet. That would be our great roster of sponsors. More information about them at iymoney.com. But in no particular order, we got UBS, Michael Coranta and Drew Friedis with UBS. Couldn't do it without them. I've been trading emails and texts with Michael all week about some cool stuff we have going on. Um, our second most favorite CPAs on the planet. Actually, they're tied for first. But they don't do what Plato Epic does. That'd be Jason Kruger with Signature Analytics, the best CFO company now on the West Coast since he's got five offices all over the West Coast or the Western region. They're a very precise CPA firm insofar as they offer CFO services. Jason Kruger with Signature Analytics. Of course, Plato Epic CPAs in San Marcos, guest here tonight. Carl Sheeler with Berkeley Research Group, helping business owners improve the values of their businesses by understanding the risks that drive the value of those businesses and how to reduce risk and improve value. In fact, Paul Polito sort of talked about that in the first segment. Speaking of helping people make money, Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiative is helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Joel just sent me a um, summary report for one of my longtime friends and clients out in El Cajon. Amazing how cost segregation can work with um, certain types of real estate, most types of investment real estate. Brenda Geiger, the law office of Brenda Geiger. Brenda just had a great continuing education symposium. Had, I think, about 60 people there a couple of weeks ago. Amazing stuff. Brenda specializes in estate planning and asset protection. Lane Elliott, California Republic Bank, a very niche market bank that works with family offices and wealthy families that tend to be in the real estate or private equity spaces. They now have a UTC office open. California Republic Bank is out of Orange County. But an absolute amazing specialty bank. Hub International, formerly known as, maybe still in some places known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm with Neil Staley, Pat Hurley, and the crew. 
Upcoming guest, Paul Hines with Hearthstone Wealth Management and End Financial Elder Abuse Alliance, a very, very important topic as people live longer in this country. The LG Experience in the Lombardi Group, we've got a big continuing education seminar at La Costa on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday where we help wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs, and we help CPAs become heroes to their very best clients, exactly what Plato and Epic do. And last but not least, yes, professional women's tennis is coming back to Carlsbad in November, being run side-by-side with my huge Oceanside Turkey Trot, the Carlsbad Classic. Check out cldclassic.com if you want all kinds of fun things to do during Thanksgiving week besides running my Oceanside Turkey Trot and coming to my expo and my farmer's market and skating on ice in Carlsbad. We're bringing that to Carlsbad, too. It's going to be a fun week during Thanksgiving. Also, big thanks to Courtney Lover at Pop X Graphics for doing such a great job of maintaining our award-winning website for our award-winning radio show. Again, iymoney.com. And speaking of websites and contact information, Don or Paul, how on earth do people find you? www.politoepic.com. P-O-L-I-T-O-E-P-P-I-C-H dot com. So we were talking during the break about um, how many, many CPA firms, not yours, but many, many CPA firms remain what I call CPA-centric in their processes. That is to say they don't give a lot of thought to what their end users or clients really want as opposed to being what I call customer-centric. You guys were mentioning you actually had the nerve to send out a client survey. Yes, Can you tell we us just, about that? Yeah, so right after tax season, we thought that would be more appropriate. Uh, we actually uh, selected about 285 uh, uh, guests, if you will. These okay. are uh, clients and or uh, team members of our clients. And uh, this was a, a selected group. It wasn't the whole span. Sure. Uh, we wanted a uh, we only wanted to hear from certain people, if you would. Yeah. Uh, but the idea was to get uh, honest feedback. And um, so we just got the results back. We're going to be meeting with our consultant later this week. But uh, the number one reason why people were uh, chose our firm was they were referred by someone that they trust. Okay. And I found that uh, it was overwhelming. I mean, it was like 65% compared to the next uh, uh Selected reason. See, I, I would have predicted that. Yeah. But of course, I, I sort of do this kind of stuff for mm-hmm. a living. I, I would have, I would have predicted that, um, because um, I think to the extent that you're in a marketplace where many, many CPAs look alike to the consumer because they tell the same story. If you go like to CPAs' websites, you'll see stuff like we're a full-service CPA firm that offers very personal service. Mm-hmm. You know, which doesn't say anything. Whereas if you go to your website, you got some really cool stuff on there. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you've got some really long-standing relationships with some great clients. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have predicted that. Yeah. Um, what kind of can you can you offer up some of the questions that were on the survey? Uh, yeah. Uh, top reasons our company excels. Uh, the top two, and these were far and above uh, the other items that were selected: mm-hmm. um, accessibility, availability, and responsiveness. Okay. Do you guys do anything? Uh, you know, we, we work in a 24-7 environment. Do you guys do anything to, to I mean, what, what do you do to stretch the accessibility? Because I know I, I work on a 24-7 access basis, which means sometimes I get called on a Sunday. Other times it mm-hmm. means I can go for a seven-mile run on a Wednesday afternoon because there's nothing burning that day. Mm-hmm. But what, what do you guys do to, to, to promote accessibility? Um, actually, I, with certain clients, I actually text throughout weekends. Uh, that's, that's almost common now. Yeah. 
You know, well, it's not common for the profession. It might be common for you, but that's a good yeah. thing because it differentiates you in the marketplace. Because mm-hmm. I know the kinds of clients I work with, the kinds you work with, they don't just have issues Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 with no issues from 12 to 1 so right. people can take lunch. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm doing my math correct, there's 168 hours in a week, and that's only 40 of them. <laughs> um did, when you sent out 285, I'm just curious, did you get all responses back or did some people not reply? I'm just curious. We had, uh, I think it was close to 70% response good. rate. That's so about yeah. 200, yeah, it's really good. So the consultant has already told us that we were off the charts as far as uh, CPA firms go with the uh, um, the scores uh, that they would compare with. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll get the, the follow-up on Thursday. Yeah, but I can tell you why. It's because most CPAs focus on what I call their deliverables. That's primarily tax returns and financial mm-hmm. statements. They don't focus on the customer experience, whereas you guys do that. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I work with a lot of different CPA firms in my family office role. And so many CPAs just, they don't focus on the customer experience. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really changed because of, um, well, social media is one factor. Mm-hmm. Access to information is another factor. And as Paul mentioned, there's declining value in the commodity services like tax returns and financial statements. The question becomes, what can you actually do with these things looking into the future? And so I think I look, I look back at my 30 year, over th- few is, is it 35 years in the profession? I mean, things have just changed so dramatically, um, including the, the speed of information and, and how things flow. So um, way to go on that, that survey. Hey, can we talk about income tax real quickly? Are, sure. are you finding any clients concerned about rising ta- tax rates? <laughs> yes. Across the board. Yeah. Willing to move overseas. <laughs> well, uh, you know, all kinds of huge corporations in this country have done that and they pay no income tax. Mm, I mean, right. I, I have people tell me all the time, gee, Apple pays no income tax and they're worth 18 gazillion times more money than I am. Why do I have to pay $400,000 of income tax? I mean, it's, it's it's not a legitimate question in the sense that you're comparing apples and oranges. But um, are people really concerned about rising tax rates? Because I don't see how they can go any higher. Well, they've been I, higher. They're, they're, I know they've been They're higher. sick and tired of paying 50-plus uh, percent on their tax marginal tax rates yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it's um, it's scary when you think about it here in California. You seen people leave California? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, where do they go? Uh, Henderson, Nevada. <laughs> Does that count? Incline Village, Nevada. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> well... I think um, California could certainly do a lot more to promote business in this state. A number of our our employer, uh, heavy employing uh, clients, go to -to right-to-work states. Yeah, I know. I've seen that's certainly a trend, Um, and I think with good reason. Um, I know with um, the add-on for the health care tax in California with various surtaxes from the mental health care tax to I mean, on it goes. You can, yeah, you can literally get to about fifty-three percent, fifty-three percent marginal rate. Am I doing that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's scary. Scary. Yeah, when I got in the business, the federal marginal rate was seventy-seven percent. Yeah, and I got in a few years after you. It was coming down, but yeah, it was still high. It was coming down, but yeah. we had all kinds of tax shelters, right. crazy tax shelters. So those are all gone now. Pretty much all gone. Yeah, the windmills aren't gone as you drive out to Palm Springs, <laughs> but. <laughs> I got a windmill story. I'll tell you sometime. <laughs> okay. But the 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 problem is, without all of those, um, uh, the rates are going to keep going up, and the, it's cash out of pocket. 
and and at least uh, some of those tax shelters uh, provided opportunities. Maybe you were throwing the dice, but you had at least an opportunity to acquire an asset that might appreciate. Uh, so um, it's it's a it's a difficult time for uh, entrepreneurs and others that um, create a lot of wealth. Yeah, it, it's difficult uh, because first of all, current income tax, but then the, the the specter of potential double tax. You accumulate a significant net worth, pass away, and then have to pay an estate tax at forty cents on the dollar. Although obviously, with increased exemptions, we were joking before the show that there might be more estate planners in the country now than there are clients who actually need estate planning when you add two almost $5.5 million exemptions together for married couples. But, um, yeah, it, it's certainly a challenge. I think um, one of the points that the government missed, even even in the tax shelter industry, things like windmills and, you know, trucking companies and oil and gas is still pretty much allowable. Those things actually created jobs, mm -hmm. believe it or not. Um, and whether a windmill might work or not, to me, is beside the point. you got to give somebody effort or credit for the effort to try to create alternative energy, whether it works or not. Um, I just um, I just find that income taxes aren't maybe number one on a, on a successful business owner's list of things that bother them, but it's always in the top five. What do you see? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to work with older business owners. I think you said you do as well. Obviously, getting a business sold or transferred to the next generation is always seemingly at the top of my list. We have a lot of startups, Richard, and and they're in the same boat. Uh, they may not be paying taxes now, but they're looking ahead, mm -hmm. um, and we're putting the the tax provisions in their projections, and sure. they're looking at those numbers, and they're not liking it. No, they're not liking it. Of course, you obviously do your best to accumulate credits and losses, and start you know other things that can apply. But yeah, it, it's scary time to be an entrepreneur. I just wish the government. I don't mean to criticize the government because I think they tend to be well-meaning. They just don't tend to be practical because in most cases the people who make these decisions have never really had to uh, make payroll on the 15th. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that really, I think, changes your perspective. Is that a, Oh, that's Hawaii Five-0. Okay, we're going to take a break. Book of Dano. This is It's Your Money and Your Life. We're going to be right back with Paul Polito, CPA, and Don Epic, CPA. Don't go anywhere. Time flies when you're having accounting fun. Welcome back to It's Your Money and Your Life. That's a little bit of classical gas from Mason Williams. Great tune. And um, we're back with Paul Plato, CPA, and Don Epic, CPA. Plato Epic, CPAs, and lovely San Marcos, California. Hey, Paul, you uh, this is a total aside, but you you like building guitars, right? Yes. Okay. We we had a we had a. Um, we had a really interesting guest on. I forget the name of the movie, but it was the um, it was uh, oh the movie was called The Wrecking Crew. It was the it was the backup band that played for all of the famous acts in the '60s who didn't have bands. Mm -hmm. Son, have you ever seen that documentary? No. You would love it. Go see The Wrecking Crew. Cool. A guy named Tommy Tedesco. His son was on. Did this great documentary. But like when Sonny and Cher or the Beach Boys or the Fifth Remember the Fifth Dimension, mm -hmm. the Age of Aquarius, they didn't have their own band. So when they would cut their albums, it was literally this one group of studio musicians. <laughs> in Los Angeles that did all of that backup music. Leon so, Russell got started that way. Yeah, Leon Russell was a member of the Wrecking Crew. Also, Glenn Campbell was a member of the Wrecking Crew. And then, of course, they went on to great hmm. personal fame. But you, you, you would particularly enjoy it because you, you love guitars. 
So uh, getting back to your client survey, did, did they? Did, can I ask? And if you can't answer, yeah. just tell me. Did, did, did the clients list the two or three most important things that looking into the future they really want to focus on? Uh, advanced income tax planning. Okay, advanced income tax planning. Advanced estate planning. Advanced estate planning. And, so they plan to die someday. Correct. <laughs> and then uh, strategic planning. And strategic probably relates to uh, business businesses. strategy. Yeah, business yeah. strategy. Okay, interesting. So advanced, let's talk about those three real quickly. Advanced income tax planning, we're at a very high marginal income tax rate. Um, I know one of my chief complaints about the profession is most CPAs only do income tax planning in December. Does that, does that work? No. I, I didn't think so. Seldom. Yeah. You've got to be doing it now, right? You've got to be doing it throughout the year. But what about all the deadlines that you guys face? That's part of the uh, structure that we have with our clients. Uh, we have some that are on fixed price agreement where the planning is done throughout the year. Others uh, that are on an hourly arrangement, we encourage them, let's, you know, let's see what you're at uh, halfway through the year. Uh, let's see where you're at at the end of September. And, uh, if we need to uh, do some equipment purchases or... Uh, compensation or profit sharing yeah, plan. The, the problem is we never know we have bonus depreciation until three years, three months after the fact. That's right. right. It's it's hard to plan around it when the when the government changes the rules retroactively. Yeah. Or do we have an R and D credit or do we not? Right. We we don't know. Who knows? Go, go ask your congressperson. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I think yeah, there, there are a number of clients that I meet with quarterly, and uh, usually we won't do a, a a plan in the first quarter. Sure. We're focused on on. Uh, executing the the plan that we did the prior year right. but after that uh, the the June meeting which usually happens in early July etc we're um, we're already planning because you can't you can't do anything in a couple of weeks at the end of the year you just no, can't. It's, you can't implement anything and you know to me tax planning is not telling somebody whether or not they should prepay their real estate taxes or their January 15th estimate because they're in alternative minimum tax or they're not in fact the Clients I hang around with, you know, me too. I've been in alternative minimum tax for like 18 years in a row. I mean, if I ever get out, I would like buy a billboard and say, I'm finally out of AMT. Everybody look. You know, people say there's no flat tax. I'm like, well, you haven't yes, seen all <laughs> Yes, there is. Out here in the land of high real estate taxes and high state income taxes, yeah. you know, we've got a flat tax. It's because nothing is deductible. All right, advanced estate planning. What do they mean by that? Well, again, with the uh, now that the um, threshold has moved up to ten million dollars for married couples, uh, there are certain clients that uh, make some sense to do some uh, advanced strategy. Yeah, there's no question. But why wouldn't they ask their attorney? Why, why are they saying to a CPA, "I want this"? Again, I think it comes back to who do they trust? Mm -hmm. And you know, we're not usually selling product. Uh, we're selling. Uh, usually, you're never selling <laughs> product. Well, the you know the the this is. This is where the the uh, gurus in the in our industry, the Ron Bakers and the the death of the timesheet and the and the flat fee or the value billing uh, comes into play. Uh, one of the reasons we went into that, and you know this, Richard, because you were with the firm, is is we hated it when clients wouldn't call us, right. and they make a huge mistake. And we asked them, "Well, why didn't you call us?" Well, I didn't want to bill for a fifteen minute phone call. Right, I know. I know and so true. you know, we we include in most of our uh, client relationships uh, unlimited consulting, and the whole reason for that is so that they'll call us or so they'll come in and see us before they um, uh, plan a transaction, and we can help them. And a lot of times we're pulling in other professionals <laughs> to help them too. And the, the, you know, the, the example of that on steroids, so to speak, was the meeting I had yesterday 
uh, downtown in a law firm mm-hmm. with 10 advisors all literally spread out uh, across the world. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Hourly building does not facilitate encouraging people to call, um, nor does it even facilitate the CPA calling out to try to get more work mm-hmm. because the client's wondering if they're even being billed for that phone call. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a dangerous thing. Strategic planning. Um, I, I think that's what the future of the CPA profession is, in my humble opinion, because, for example, the way information moves now, businesses, you know, it's very easy, to, for example, to create real-time accounting. Well, if you can create real-time accounting, you can also create accounting that looks into the future, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I know business owners, they don't really care about what happened in 2015, because guess what? They can't change it. They do care about what's going to happen for the rest of this year, next year, what's going to happen with regard to their plans to try to sell their company in three years. Mm-hmm. It's all future-oriented, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And I think that's where the value is. It's in the future. And and I think, again, if CPAs would just think about things the way their customers do, the way their clients do, they'd become much more focused on the future, which you guys do. It's actually a lot more fun. Oh, it is, too. I know. Yeah, it is. I know, especially, especially um, because you can't change the past. You can only learn from it. So I know you guys moved to a new office in San Marcos. Working out great for you? Wonderful. Yeah, we've got a whole new footprint 25% more square feet. Everyone's got their own little playroom, so everyone's happy. <laughs> That's good. Stand-up desks. Although I noticed you keep the auditors and the tax people on opposite sides of the wall. Well, some so. things you just can't change. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have parties. Oh, you get, okay. You let the green eyeshade people out occasionally for parties. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a different crowd, auditors and, and consultants, but... You know, the joke is, why did the auditor cross the road? Because last year's work paper said the auditor crossed the road. That's <laughs> not a future-looking business. <laughs> People stop by. Where are you guys located? Stop by and see the new digs. They're really good. Yeah, 100 East San Marcos Boulevard. Right across from City Hall, right? That's right. Yeah. really. Good. And the old spaghetti factory's there. Just right. north of the... Yum. I like that place. I went there for my birthday, but early since I had to hit the road. Hey, Dawn and Paul, really appreciate it. PolitoEpic.com, phone number 760-599-9900. Very much appreciate you guys coming in. Thank you very much. want to thank Eric Rubacaba for running the board. Craig Blanke for cashing my checks. <laughs> Dave Sniff, our great programming genius. Joe Vecchio, I hope you enjoyed your night off. I know you didn't because the Blackhawks lost. But hey, you know what? You guys are a game of peace, so things are going to work out okay. Joe's going to go solo next week at the Berry Dinner at Michelle Cicciarelli's house. Some great farm-to-table providers. That's going to be a cool show. I wish I could be there, but i got to go to a college graduation for my daughter's ex-boyfriend, who's like my second son. I can't miss it. It's a long story. Everybody have a great night in San Diego. It's your money and your life. We'll see you next week. Take care.